We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How would, how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. For you, you personally? I think we ain't done yet. Alright, welcome to another edition of the Butting Heads Podcast. Proud part of Ramstalk Radio on the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the best place to get your podcast. That was the theme song that I made late last week, late at night, after we recorded the podcast, before I accidentally uploaded the wrong version of the podcast, which ended up being our <laughs> most popular podcast ever. So, that was great. But, Johnny, how you doing, man? Uh, you can't hear the soundbite, but we just got our man Marcus Peters still in the intro. But this time, thinks he ain't done yet. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, definitely uh, an improvement, I'll say, uh, considering it's the previous was such a old soundbite. <laughs> this is also an old well, soundbite. <laughs> I mean, I guess it is, but it's a slight tweak to it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, feeling great, feeling good. Uh, Super Bowl week, and uh, who would have thought that the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl? Um, us. Two, two, I would say, of the most tortured fan bases in the NFL. Um, there are some that are way more tortured than we are. Because yes. we do have a Super Bowl, but there's definitely a I, – I, I don't know. Uh, we have had a lot of losing season. Uh, we could the, be a New York Jet fan. Just remember that. Yeah, the Jets are worse. I mean, the Vikings are worse. Yeah, the, the Bills are worse. Yeah, we might have it better than some people. The Bengals are way worse. Although they they had like 10 straight winning seasons and just kept losing in the playoffs or something like that. Yeah, it's true, but uh, yeah, no, we, we've definitely had it uh, um, a lot better than others, but certainly there are others that have it way better than the Rams, too. That's an understatement. That's definitely an understatement. Um, 
<laughs> one of our one of our listeners, Nick, asked if our new intro was going to be the Von Miller. I think we ain't done yet. Soundbite, and I had to keep the Peters good streak rolling. But uh, if he resigns, we're switching to that soundbite for sure, regardless of the outcome of this game this week. That's that's a big if. Uh, we'll we'll get to discussing off season uh, maybe next week. Well, I don't know. We'll see. We got time for that. Um, before we get into the actual meat of the podcast, I do want to ask Johnny if you saw this because I thought this was so funny. Um, did you see that Nick Scott for the hit he had on Debo Samuel, that massive hit that they originally threw a flag on and picked it up? Did you see he got an award from the NFL called the NFL Way to Play Award? And what they do is they give awards to people who exemplify proper tackling technique and he gets a grant to give to a youth footballer coaching program just like just an incredible series of events from them going from picking up that flag to him getting an award from the league for it i i did see that actually and and it's kind of funny it's like the league awarded nick scott for absolutely demolishing debo samuel but um I mean, it was it was an impressive hit. Credit where credits due, but uh, it, it's a it's a bit weird to to see that you know just the this rent. I didn't even know they gave this type of award out. Uh, maybe it's just we're not that familiar because there isn't that much special tackles that the Rams do. But well, they don't tackle yeah. much at all. They they love not tackling. That's a, that's one of their that's favorite true. activities. That play wasn't yeah. even a tackle, right? He didn't catch the pass. No, I mean you're right. It technically wasn't a tackle. He he, he dropped the ball, so yeah, it was just it was more like a hit. A damn good hit, but a hit nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> it was um it was a great hit. And shout out to Nick Scott. He's playing great. Um some other news and notes. Eric Weddle said this is gonna be his last NFL game. Which, uh, not a surprise to anyone. I don't think we're getting him back next year. But uh, let's talk about, um, I guess the injury report is a good place to start because we got a lot We got a lot to cover about this game. And first time in a while, we've had no game to recap, which is great. Did you watch the Pro Bowl? There was a game. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> if if you watch the game, uh, I'm not sure there was an actual game. I, I didn't watch a second of it. I saw like three highlights on Twitter. That was it. No, I, I did actually watch the game. And honestly, I feel like the NFL owes me some money <laughs> for wasting my life on that game. It, seriously, I've the, the Pro Bowl was never a good game. But when it comes to like two-hand touch, it, it just – it's – laughable at what the pro bowl has become it's like why even have anything just just have an award show or something say congratulations because uh seeing two-hand touch was just ridiculous it it just don't have a game honestly i think having the problem before the super bowl sucks it's like a nice little last game of the season vibe even though it's not a real game like that was fun and it honestly fucks up like i know the pro bowl is not that important as a statistic but 
it fucks up the statistics having it before the Super Bowl because, like, for example, Kirk Cousins made this game because two quarterbacks dropped out. Had the Rams not been in the Super Bowl, Matthew Stafford would have been named a alternate. You know what I mean? Like, he would have been in the game over Kirk Cousins for fucking sure, and he doesn't get that accolade because it's for some reason before the Super Bowl. And it's the same for the Bengals. I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow probably would have made it over Mac Jones, right? Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. And I mean, at least Mac Jones somewhat deserved to be there. Kirk Cousins did not belong there, and it showed. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean, seeing this guy, keeping in mind that <laughs> they weren't really trying out there, and Kirk Cousins still looked like hell. You know, it's it just... It blows my mind that he was even there, but I guess in the grand scheme of things, who else do you put in there? I <laughs> yeah, there's not. And Russell Wilson was an alternate too. Like they, I don't know who else would have made it. And you could even make an argument: Does Russell Wilson even deserve to be there? No, but like, just like, just keep giving him Pro Bowls if you just need players. Like if you're gonna put in like a trash quarterback in this game he might as well be russell wilson instead i I mean i guess Dak didn't make it but they probably called him and he was probably like now nah, i'm good <laughs> yeah yeah probably it just yeah the the pro bowl is just such a huge joke now it's just you you, you really didn't miss anything steve you <laughs> did not miss a damn thing oh thank god um well Looking at the injury report heading into the Super Bowl on Sunday, which is crazy. Our last game of the year, the last football game of the year. The Rams, it seems like we are not going to have Tyler Higby in this game, which is unfortunate. There's a chance he plays, but it's not. He's questionable. It doesn't sound likely. Um, but, I mean, <laughs> we gushed over Kendall Bland for like five minutes on last week's podcast. Let me say it is a big drop-off from going from Tyler Higby to Kendall Blanton in a game of this magnitude, but at least, like, we feel okay about Blanton. Like, he got the job done last week. Like, I I don't think it should derail our chances in this game. It, it doesn't derail our chances at all because um, Tyler Higby, while he's he's a huge presence – um, in terms of the drop off, it, it does affect a little. It, it's not even so much Kendall Blanton that I'm nervous about. It's who's behind Kendall Blanton. You know, should should Blanton need a a breather, or if he gets hurt, then the Rams are going to have to ask on ask Bryson Hopkins to step up. And this is a guy that basically is a healthy scratch week in and week out. For two straight years. Yeah. It's really, you have to really hope and pray that uh, Kendall Blanton brings his A game and that he stays healthy. Otherwise, the tight end position is basically non-existent. So that's basically what I'm more concerned about more than anything. Yeah. Yeah, there's no depth behind him. Uh we can't lose Kendall Blaine either. Yeah, I I don't know. <laughs> Man, it's that's a, you're you terrified with that song. You literally threw me off. 
Like, yeah, who would play Hopkins? Who else is there? Yeah, and then beyond Hopkins is basically practice squad guys that <laughs> you've never heard of. So, yeah. God, yeah, honestly, if, if I don't know, I feel like they would play like Skoranek at that point before they even played Hopkins. Oof. Uh, well, on, on a positive note, it sounds like Sebastian Joseph Day and Daryl Henderson are going to be back. I wouldn't anticipate big roles for either of these guys. I definitely wouldn't anticipate it for Henderson. We might see Sebastian Joseph Day a little bit, but Joseph Day hasn't played in a while, and the guy who replaced him is playing fucking great. Um, I would have expect him to be in a rotational role if he's active. Same with Henderson. We'll probably see him on a handful of snaps, but... It's Akers first, Michelle second. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Yeah, I, I I pretty much expect the same. You know, these these guys may come in here and there. Uh, with Sebastian Joseph Day, I, I imagine it'll be uh, nice to have him as a rotational guy, uh, which is bizarre considering the type of year you had before he went out. Um, and then Henderson, I imagine if if they squeeze him in at all, it will be, you know, basically some some uh, specialty plays here and there. But to tell you the truth, I don't. It, it's hard to say what type of game the running game is going to have, uh, which we'll get. We'll dive more into that. But uh, yeah, that being said, Henderson's role will be probably very minor. Yeah. Um, Robert Rochelle doesn't seem like he's going to be active, but they said we'll see. Taylor Rapp's back, full practice, full go. Um, probably going to get the start, I would imagine. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know, but <laughs> the defense isn't playing so well. You never know what they're going to do with with Scott and with Weddle. Uh, it, it wouldn't hurt to have Rapp back. I, I imagine that it, it'll be him and Nick Scott out there for the majority of the snaps and then, you know, the sprinkling in of, of uh, Eric Weddle, which why not? I guess um, I, I don't, I don't imagine it's going to be a huge, huge difference, but uh, you know, if, if it comes down to it, if, if Taylor Rapp is not performing as, as well as you'd hope he would, I, I don't see an issue with Raheem Morris just keeping in, you know, what's been working all playoffs long. So, uh, and I don't think he would hesitate to do so either. Yeah. I, the, he'll like, if, if rap is playing, if goes out there and plays bad, they're going to play Weddle. Uh, it would not be the first time he benched Taylor rap. Uh, so it wouldn't be the craziest thing ever. Um, why don't we talk about the Bengals, man? I mean, unless you got anything else, like, besides the team we're playing in the game? Uh, I mean, uh, I, we haven't really talked a whole, whole lot about the Jets, so let's... <laughs> Wait, what did you say you cut out? Oh, uh, I... <laughs> Sorry about that. I basically said uh, we, we haven't... We haven't talked a, a huge amount about the Bengals yet, so let, let's get started. I'm talking about we've never talked about because we haven't played them in two years. Um, Rams over their last, they rarely play this team. They're 
They are three and four in their last seven games, so pretty even. Uh, last time they played was 2019. That was the Cooper Cup had a career day. He had um, pulling stuff on the fly because I honestly forgot about it until I just saw an article. Seven catches for 220 yards and a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure this game was in London, right? Yes, it was. Yep. So it, they haven't played a actual non-neutral site game since 2015 when the Bengals blew us out. And we weren't even in L.A. yet. So this is the first time the Cincinnati Bengals have played in L.A. against the Rams. A very long time. Uh, 1990. Guys, you already know Super Bowl 56 is here in Los Angeles. Home of the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi Stadium to watch the Rams go play on February 13th. And if you're still not sure if you want to be there, guys, of course you got to get there if you can. Be there to support your team and fill SoFi Stadium those blue jerseys, those bone jerseys, and that nice modern throwback that the Rams are going to be wearing in this game. Sure, you could scour resellers to buy an overpriced ticket closer to the day if you want to, but why wait? You can lock in your Super Bowl experience right now, the Super Bowl experience of a lifetime, with our friends and partner at On Location. You can get true 50-yard line seats only available with On Location. You can get an invite to celebrate on the field with the Super Bowl champions on location. And it's not just about game day, guys. This is exclusive Super Bowl weekend events across Los Angeles. Pre-game parties featuring A-list talent and so much more that we simply don't have enough time in this podcast to talk about. We can go for hours on this. The official hospitality partner of the NFL is offering you the most exclusive ticket packages right now, period. That's on location. You're going to want to visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or just search Super Bowl on location on Google. We'll put the link in the description so you guys can get it easily. That's Super Bowl on location. Get yourself to Los Angeles the right way and be there. Cheer on our Rams when they take home the big one. Uh, okay. That was the end of my unprepared notes. Now I have a lot of notes on the Bengals. Uh, I just watched the... Rewatch the Chiefs Bengals game from last week, which I'm sure, like most people, I was kind of like frantically and nervously watching that game because we hadn't played yet. Uh, so I didn't give it a full, like, I wasn't scouting. Uh, but damn, dude, the Chiefs really fumbled that fucking bag, huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of an understatement. Uh, but uh, interesting though. Interesting that the the Bengals and the Rams just play each other so minimally, and it, it doesn't seem like it was that long ago that the Rams had played the Bengals, but they're such a different team since the, la- the last time the Rams played them, and I guess you could say the same about the Rams, but uh, I, I mean, I'd love to say that... Uh, Cooper Cup is going to go off again. That would be amazing. Yeah, well, I think a big part of it, too, is, like, when's the last time the Rams played the Bengals in a game that mattered? Like, when is the last time they played where one of the teams didn't fucking suck? That That's a good question. I don't know if that's ever happened. I guess I, apparently they lost to them in 99. Or, no, the, we blew them out. Um, we blew them out in 03. They beat us three times in a row, 07, 2011, 2015. We whooped their ass in 2019. Like, 
the period of time where the Bengals were really not, I wouldn't say really good, but like when they were good in the two thousands and winning and just losing in the first round, we fucking sucked that entire length of time. So it feels like we never play them because the game, like we haven't played them since we've been good. And when we weren't good, those games didn't mean shit. And they happened every four years. And, uh, in 07 and 2011, the Rams were particularly bad. Uh, I think both of those were like one or two win seasons. Maybe 07 was three, and 11 was definitely two. So it's like <laughs> they just, there hasn't been a meaningful game between these two teams in a really long time. Uh, they played an overtime game in 1990. I think both teams were good that year. If the Rams weren't good, they were good, good recently. Um. So they just never play. The Stars never line. This is obviously the first time they're playing in the Super Bowl against each other. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. Something you really don't, you know, think about. But you're absolutely right. You know, this, these two teams, this is, this may be the, like the first time that they play with each other um, that it just seems like they're actually on at least equal footing or similar footing. It's so bizarre. You you would think there would be like at least, you know, a couple memorable games where like, yeah, I remember this game against the Bengals where, you know, went down to the wire and really you can't say that. Yeah, no. And pretty and much it's... every every team that the Rams played against in the playoffs, you remember at least one game. And, and it's not even like the Jets where they upset us last year. Like, Every time we've played over the last, like, 20 or so years, the right team has won. And so it's not like it's going to stick out in your memory like, oh, we upset the Bengals that week or they upset us. Uh, But we are the favorite in this game, so we're certainly going to remember this one. Um, Yeah, I know the Chiefs really blew that game last week, but the Bengals fucking brought it, man. I mean, that was was a, a win. Like, the Chiefs gave it away. They should have had that game in the bag, but the Bengals made plays. They had a lot of big stops on defense. Uh, Burrow made a lot of huge plays. I mean, they're a really fucking good football team. Uh, you look at this, how the stats match up compared to us regular season-wise. Rams defensively gave up 344.9 yards per game. The Bengals gave up 350.8. We gave up 21.9 points per game. They gave up 22.1 points per game. Uh, we racked up on offense 327 yards a game and 27 points, 27.1 points a game. They had 361.5 yards a game and also had 21, 27.1 points per game. So literally the same amount of points scored per game by both of these teams. They scored the same amount of points this season. Uh, postseason, the Rams have allowed 100 less yards a game than the Bengals, but points-wise, They've allowed 18.3 points per game. The Bengals have allowed 19.7 points per game. So it's it's a pretty even matchup. Both are four seeds. Um, both have like kind of felt like teams of destiny over the last couple weeks, I would say. Uh, Bengals obviously winning their first playoff game in 30 years. The Rams going all in and just seeing it pay off like it has over the last three weeks. They're good, man, and this is going to be a – Good matchup. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. Um, it, it that feels high. Like I, I, it feels high to me. Um, they should be the favorite. They're the better team, but it's not. I four and a half is a lot of points, especially on a neutral site. 
it's definitely um it's definitely a high favorite mark it's just it's weird because this this is a team you know i don't think anyone I mean, there there were a few people that that said that the Rams were going to be there in the Super Bowl, especially after the Rams went and got Matthew Stafford. But nobody at any point thought that the Bengals would even come close to the Super Bowl. You know, it was was a question mark if this team was going to even make the playoffs. And not only did they make the playoffs, but they stunned so many talented teams. You know... They beat the Raiders, which okay, fine. That that's not really all that impressive if you're if we're being honest. They, you know, beat the Titans, you know, which is actually really impressive. You know, the Titans were the best team in the AFC, at least standing wise, anyway. Yeah, um, they were not the best team in the AFC, but they beat the best team in the AFC the next week. So, yeah, that they, then they go and and play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And, and you know, this is this was absolutely stunning in both games. Now, mind you, they weren't like it, it wasn't like the Bengals dominated both teams or anything like that. But the fact that they were able to overcome these you know two really good teams that's something special. You know, uh, whether you believe in the Bengals or not, they're not they're obviously not a team to overlook. And that's basically my point here: is anyone that thinks that the Rams are just gonna roll into SoFi and just absolutely dominate, I think you're going to be sincerely disappointed. This is this is not a team to overlook. I mean, I mean, to offensively, top to bottom, this might be the best offense we've played in the playoffs. Uh, Without a doubt. Yeah. The, obviously, we play Tom Brady, but I think the Bengals have a better healthy receiving core. They have a better running back. Uh, their line's not good, but the Bucks line was banged up for that game too. So, yeah, man, they're, they're a good team. And you could, like – it's easy. One thing you think of, like why the Rams are big favorites and why like might be tougher the Bengals win, is that they're really young and inexperienced to an extent. But like, listen, man, that's nonsense. Their quarterback and wide best wide receiver played in the national championship together. Their second best wide receiver played in a national championship and won. They basically played in a Super Bowl level environment last week if not a harder one because it's on the road and one of the toughest places to play against a team that has made the Super Bowl for two straight years it's like man there there's no reason to overlook this team uh they is going to be a tough game you know I feel good I will go over some of the things on like what we see that the Rams like we know the formula to the Rams winning games we've seen them be successful and them fall. And we know exactly the reasons why that usually happens. And we'll get into that. But man, like, man, the Bengals are good. I'm very happy. We're playing them instead of the chiefs for sure, but they're really fucking good. Um, uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, nah, I, I, you had a thought. If not, I could keep going on my list. Okay. Uh, just a real quick thought here. Um, offense alone should scare, should scare people. Like, uh, we'll we'll go more in depth right now, but uh, yeah, offensively, this this is definitely a team that could certainly threaten the Rams, and, and uh, there's many reasons why. But yeah, I mean, th- this is we can start there, man. We we can, we can jump around here. I don't really. This doesn't have to be like a linear thing through my list. Um, I mean, their offense is really good. 
Their quarterback is really good. Uh, one of the most impressive quarterbacks this year, for sure. Um, Joe Burrow, obviously. He's second year. He, like, in that Chiefs game, he was making wild plays, man. Some of them wildly bad. Like, his interception was pretty bad. His He had an almost interception in the fourth quarter, too, that he literally just threw right to, I think it was Frank Clark, um, who dropped it. But at the same time, there was some wild plays where he avoided sacks for like 10 seconds and got first downs out of it. Uh, he threw some dimes to his receivers. Man, he's a monster. Joe Mixon's one of the best young running backs in the league. Uh, I would say they, they, as much as I love Akers, they have the advantage at that position. And the receiving course stacks up right there with ours. You know, I think Cup's the best receiver in the game on Sunday, but Jamar Chase just had maybe the best receiver receiving season by a rookie literally ever. Uh, he's fucking unstoppable. He looked unstoppable the entire playoffs. All, all, they love throwing the ball at him, and he loves catching it, and he's very hard to cover. I think we're going to see a lot of Ramsey on him, and if we see a lot of Ramsey on him, that means that our other cornerbacks who are not that good are going to be guarding T. Higgins, who's also really fucking good. And they have Tyler Boyd, who's pretty good. Um, but Chase and Higgins, man, as far as one-two combos, you know, there's not many better in the league. We might have one of the ones that is, but they, their offense is good. Uh, they have a lot of heavy hitters at the skill positions. And, Steve, you, you just kind of hit the nail on the head as to why this uh, is a very dangerous team uh, for the Rams particularly while, yes, the Rams have Jalen Ramsey, and obviously he's one of the better cornerbacks, if not the best cornerback in the league. Uh, obviously, he's going to have his hands full with Jamar Chase, who very clearly is, is Burrow's best target, somebody that he's very confident in, very comfortable with. So, yeah, e even though he's going to be shadowing him, that just leaves other guys open. you know. That, that, and that's kind of something the Rams haven't really seen with what the other teams they played against uh, in the playoffs in particular, you know, there was decent guys beyond their star, uh, you know, like in the case for the San Francisco 49ers, you had Debo Samuel, who obviously is their star, but beyond him, their next best receiver is Kettle. And that that's, that's not a receiver. That's a tight end. So, you know, th this is kind of where it gets a little bit dicey because it's not even just about receiving. Uh, Bengals have pretty good tight ends as well. You know, that's that's something to keep in mind. Uh, they're a bit banged up right now, much like uh, um, Tyler Higby, but uh, I think they have a better chance of playing than Higby does. Yeah, and um, yeah, CJ Uzoma, he, he's questionable, but he it's unclear if he's going to play. Um, behind him, their tight ends are pretty bad, honestly. Uh, I'm not scared of Drew Sample. If Drew Sample beats us, we don't deserve to win this game. Like, <laughs> like honestly. I don't know. I kind of like Drew Sample. He, yeah, but, like, it's the same thing. Like, if Kendall Blanton beats the Bengals, they don't deserve to win the game. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. And I, I, guess. Don't, I don't even mean that to disrespect him. We just we just praise him for, like, five minutes. Um, but... Like yeah, that guy should not be beating you, and, and you have you have bigger issues if you can't stop, like literal backup tight ends. Um, 
But like like with um but you you made a good point, like with the guys behind him, even like the 49ers, Brandon Ayuk is pretty good. Uh and he put up he put up number. <laughs> Did you say eh? Um Well, I mean, let, let's let's compare Brandon Ayuk to someone like T. Higgins. I mean I, I'd rather I'd rather go up against Ayuk than uh, Higgins. Let's I be real. Agreed. And uh, you look at Ayuk's last two games against us in the last round. He had four catches for 69 yards. They did a pretty good job on him the last time we played them. Before that, last week of the season, he had six catches for 107 yards. It's And I I believe, I'm pulling up box scores as we go here, but we got cooked by what's-his-fucking-face in the Bucks, right? Uh, was it Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson? Uh, I believe it was... We didn't get cooked, but uh, it felt like Scotty Miller was like making plays on our cornerbacks. Now you go to this week, you got T. Higgins and Joe Burrow compared to Jimmy Garoppolo and Brandon Ayuk. You all know how we feel about Jimmy, probably the same as you. Uh, it's a little terrifying, and like we, we, we touched on the line a little bit for the Bengals. Uh, this is one of the worst pass-protecting units in the entire league. Joe Burrow was sacked the most in the regular season out of anyone. Um, he was sacked three or more times in 12 games this year. Stafford, for reference, was sacked three or more times in four games. Um, Burrow was sacked five or more times in six different games this year. And the Bengals were two and four in those games. Now, one of those games, he got sacked nine times against the Titans in the playoffs, and they won. So it is not a complete recipe to beating this team. But the pass protection is bad, and... Simultaneously, Joe Burrow is one of the best QBs against the Blitz this year. Uh, I believe he was third. Stafford was actually first, uh, if my stats that I pulled were correct. And also, the Rams had the third most sacks in the NFL this season. So, like, clearly, because of all the limitations we talked about with our secondary beyond Jalen Ramsey uh, in pass coverage, obviously the linebackers don't do much, although Traven Howard's been better than his predecessors at con- – at coverage the game and this is what we said basically before the playoffs too because the secondary was so flawed the rams need to win this need the defensive line and the pass rush to be elite and clearly like it feels like if the pass rush does what they've been doing for the last couple of weeks and what they should be doing when you have von miller leonard floyd and aaron donald on that unit they can they can get it done um because you like you can't bank on Darius Williams and David Long shutting down T. Higgins. And honestly, you can't even bank on Jalen Ramsey fully shutting down Jamar Chase. He's going to get his. Uh, if he has eight catches for 150 yards and they're all on Ramsey, yeah, that's that's the game plan should have worked. But like he's going to get like 80 yards. He's gonna, At least he's going to find a way to do it. And you just need to get pressure on Burrow and complete sacks, wrap up and make these tackles. Um, you know, they have won games when he's been sacked a bunch of times, but your chances are a hell of a lot better if Von Miller's and Aaron Donald are in his face every time he steps back to pass. And if you could do it without blitzing with a four or five man rush up front, you're gonna have enough guys in coverage to make things happen. You're gonna have enough support uh to get over the top on T. Higgins and J- um Jamar Chase and those guys that you can make it happen. But that to me, like Step number one to winning this game is accomplishing that, giving your secondary enough bodies 
in enough time, uh, I guess it would be a lack of time for the quarterback, to make things happen and make plays. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, yeah, that that's absolutely 100% correct. And I think that's uh, kind of what people, especially like Vegas, is looking at in terms of you know, the four and a half point favorites is because the, the Bengals offensive line is just not very good. And, um, but as you said, I mean, it's not as though that the Bengals haven't faced against, you know, tough defensive fronts. And even in the game against the Titans getting sacked nine times and still managing to win the game. That that's impressive. And, and mind you, it's not so much just about getting to borrow. It's trying to get him off his game. And I feel like that's something the Rams did very well uh, against the Cardinals with Kyler Murray. And for most of the game against the Buccaneers with Tom Brady, uh, kind of a lapse in the last part of the game, but regardless, it can kind of that. that. Um, I think they'll be fine. Even, even in the game uh, against the 49ers, uh, you know, pretty much the last drive, if they can duplicate that um, at a consistent level, I think Burrow will struggle. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that he's played against a player like Aaron Donald. You know, um, Aaron Donald is, is a, you know, added dimension to the, to the game. And then on top of that, his, the other guys behind him, you know, whether it be Von Miller, Leonard Floyd, um, there's plenty of ammo there to kind of make Joe, Joe Burrow feel uncomfortable in the pocket. And that's what it ultimately has to come down to. Uh, but that being said, it can't be the only thing. There's got to be, there's got to be some sort of, uh, um, some sort of, you know, complication for the receiving aspect of the game too. You know, it it can't be just Jalen Ramsey making plays. It's got to be guys like David Long, like Dante Deon stepping up and, and, uh, you know, making some sort of plays. We're not expecting them to be elite or anything, but, you know, there have been times where David Long has looked a lot better than what he has for most of the season. Uh, If he continues to kind of at least play somewhat decent, I think they'll be okay. But in my opinion, it all is going to 
it all is going to depend on what Darius Williams shows up. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, it, it's so bizarre because if you go by last year, Darius Williams looked like an amazing player. And this year he just looks completely different. And, and mind you, to be fair, there have been games where he's looked pretty solid out there. Maybe not, you know, 2020 solid, but he's looked, you know, at least somewhat solid if we get the uh, Darius Williams in the NFC championship game, it's going to be a very difficult time to win this football game because uh, he just looked like a liability last game. I mean, a a big day on Sunday might net him an eight figure salary for next season. So you got to hope, you got to hope the man's motivated. Um, You mentioned David long. He's been playing well in the playoffs. I feel like, so it's, shockingly a guy who I did not think was good at all during the regular season and the coaching staff agreed with me uh has kind of turned it around he's definitely been better than Dale in the playoffs um but yeah Williams has been the liability he's not a guy they're gonna bench um because he is you know it still feels like their second best cornerback you're not gonna sit him for Dante Dale like it's not gonna happen <laughs> but yeah they they got it like you just got to make sure the safeties you can get them help, and you're not, and you don't have to have additional blitzers, um, so that you could have guys in coverage to help out these guys. But yeah, you know, he could get abused there. But um, to go back to the pass rush, like even last week, you know, they were getting pressures, they weren't necessarily getting sacks, and it it, it helped. It, it really helped uh, frustrate Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not a good quarterback and shouldn't be beating us, and thankfully he didn't. And they really amped it up on that last drive. Like, first play of that drive, you knew the game was over. Like, it was a wrap. Uh, as soon as you saw the defensive line on that first play, I was like, they're not fucking winning. Uh, that was it. Jimmy's done. So, like, that's really on defensive. Like, yeah, that's the recipe. There's not really, like, a ton else to say. Like, obviously, you got to contain the run. Um, you know, Joe Mixon can beat you on the ground. But I this is not, like, I just doubt this is going to be – you know, maybe they'll take a page out of the 49ers playbook and run the ball down our throats, but that's just that's not this team's MO. Like, I, I just don't really see that being what they're going to do to beat us. And it, they could. Like, they have a really good running back. But they're not – I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. If, like, I feel like they're, they were 23rd in rushing guards this year. They're not a juggernaut offense. A lot of Joe Mixon's best abilities are what he does in the passing game. Yeah, that's exactly the point here is uh... – if you if if the Bengals try and go that route and basically shove, uh, you know Joe Joe Mixon running the football down the Rams' throat, uh, they ain't gonna win the game because you're you're essentially gonna take them out of their element. And I feel like part of like you said, what makes Joe Mixon such a special running back is his ability to catch the ball in the backfield. And even then, if you're still just trying to run, run, run. You're, you're taking such a huge element of what this team's overall success is going to be. So, yeah, I do imagine that they're going to try and at least run the ball a little bit more often than they normally do. But do I expect them to completely abandon the pass? No, because quite frankly, they, they're still very successful. And the Rams do have a, a bit of a weak spot there um, beyond the Jalen Ramsey. Uh, I do find it. Uh, in fact, if you uh, if you go back to some of the interviews that uh, that we heard from 
you know, some of the players from the Bengals and some of the coaching staff, kind of one of the things that was very, you know, adamant was that they don't plan to abandon the the pass, especially. And they even made it well known that they're going to, they're going to um, attack Jalen Ramsey as well. And you know what? I kind of welcome it. You know, if they, if they do attack Jalen Ramsey, that's that's very dangerous. There's a reason why even some of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league do not pass it Jalen Ramsey's way. And uh, I expect that if they do uh, end up throwing it, you know, it, it towards Jalen Ramsey, that this isn't going to end well for them. So I, I honestly hope they go that route. I really do. <laughs> yeah, that'd be ideal, right? Go ahead, attack him. Uh, they have ran for 100 yards once in their last six, six games twice in their last nine games and one of those games was last week against the Chiefs and they crossed 100 yards mark because Joe Burrow ran for 25 yards which is not like you know it's, they're not a running team if Joe Burrow's rushing for that number um so you know Mix is going to get involved he's going to get carries he's going to get the ball in the passing game more concerned about stopping in the passing game than the running game I I just feel like they'll be prepared for that I, I trust the defense enough um I mean, on the other side of the ball, I, I pulled some stats, Johnny, on, like, we know what the Rams kryptonite is, and it's just turnovers. Uh, in games where Matthew Stafford turned the ball over two or more times, the Rams are 2-4. and four. The only wins were against Baltimore and Minnesota, which is not saying much. Um, overall, the Rams are 5-5 five and five in games where, as a team, they committed two or more turnovers. Obviously that includes the fucking Tampa Bay game from two weeks ago, which is nuts. Uh, and there's seven and in games where they don't turn the ball over at all. Uh, or I guess I should say 10 and in games where they turn the ball over one time or less. So like they haven't lost in a game where Stafford turned the ball over one or less time since October 3rd. And, uh, Um, like that's just that's just it, man. Like I I don't have anything to add to that stat. Like if he doesn't fucking turn the ball over, I feel really confident in this game. In games where the Rams' offense scores points, they win. Uh, it's as simple as that. You know, the only real loss that was a straight up like defensive debacle was Arizona, and that was week four. Uh, obviously, the defense didn't get it done in the Green Bay game, but the offense was turning the ball over in that game and, and not, you know, fully fully getting it done. And I believe that game was over before uh before we started scoring some points in garbage time, right? Um so it's just we just can't care of the ball, we're gonna win, especially from Stafford. Uh you know, clearly his turnovers have deflated the team more than other turnovers. And because, you know, his can result in a pick six, and he's done that plenty of times this year. So, like, it's really, like, as simple as this fucking sounds, you get pressure on Burrow, don't turn the ball over. If both of those things happen, I will be shocked if we lose this game. And if both of those things happen and we lose the game, like, that probably means that the Bengals played a fucking perfect game. Uh, and there was nothing we could have done, man. And that is what it is. But like you do both those things, like that's, that just seems, sounds like it's it. Like it's a simple as game plan, but if you execute it, I think you're going to win the game. 
Oh, I don't think there's any question there. And it's one of the main reasons why the, the Rams have uh, been able to win all throughout the playoffs so far. It's because the limited turnovers with the exception of the, the Bucks game. Uh, but I feel like that was such a fluke and freak accidents that happened. Uh, and, and again, none of them really the responsibility of Matthew Stafford, at least most of them anyway. Um, and, and even like beyond that game, looking at the game against the Cardinals, the game against the 49ers, it, it was all very, very limited. It, there was an interception against the 49ers, but it was such a a devastating a de- devastatingly good play that it it was it was just a freak accident that the 49ers just played really really well and ended up away with the interception it wasn't a careless throw by Matthew Stafford it wasn't you know Matthew Stafford just kind of throwing the ball up and you know hoping somebody's going to come down with it you know it it was just a good play i like that and and quite frankly, it it's evidence as to the success that the Rams have seen. It, it's not even just about throwing uh, throwing the ball, you know, less carelessly. It's also protecting the ball. It's also knowing when to throw the ball away. Uh, you know, not uh, throwing off your back foot or anything like that. Uh, and, and I feel like that's not something we really seen much of. Uh, from Matthew Stafford in the playoffs. It, it It's like a completely different Matthew Stafford uh, from what we've seen in uh, in the regular season. Not that Matthew Stafford in the regular season was terrible because, honestly, he was very freaking good. It's just that when he was bad, he was really bad. And thankfully, the Rams haven't seen the really bad Matthew Stafford in the playoffs at all. He's been nothing but a huge asset to the Rams uh, during the playoffs. Yeah, man, he's been clutch. And, I mean, you look at, um, like, on the, on the flip side of the ball, like, look what the Bengals are doing. They have a plus-six turnover differential in the playoffs, and the Rams are at zero. I mean, that's the reason why the Bengals are playing in this game is because they forced turnovers and made plays. Uh, they won, like, if the Chiefs took care of the ball last week, they win that game. No fucking doubt. Uh, if the Titans take care of the ball in the second round, they probably win that game too. I don't think there's any question. Uh, they've just been making shit happen in turnovers. And so that, like, that's the one thing that really terrifies me about the Bengals' defense is that they've been able to get turnovers and force them from good players like Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford although some of his interceptions were a bit reckless um you know our quarterback is not somebody who plays conservatively and unreckless and so like uh he Stafford has been great in the playoffs and I don't think he's gonna be a turnover machine in this game but like you know like if he's Superman that's his kryptonite is just the occasional like really bad throw um, I mean, I'm beyond like if he takes care of the ball, I think our offense can be able to score points. Um, the Bengals even has some good in the playoffs, but like I got a lot of faith in Cooper Cup. Uh, I think the running game it, it will be good enough. Um, I just think we're gonna be able to pa- attack this team through the air, and I think Stafford can get it done. But uh, obviously, the Chiefs made a lot of big plays in the passing game uh, last week, and I, I 
their offense might be a little better than ours, but not that much better. Um, and yeah, man, like that's just like offensively, like that's just like the one big thing for me. It's like that just needs to happen. If that happens, I think we will score a lot of points. And typically, when we score a lot of points, we win. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like I said, I, I feel like that if if uh, Matthew Stafford is going to continue to play as he's done in the playoffs, the Rams win this game no problem. Like I, I really don't think there'll be a huge issue uh, unless he reverts back to. Uh, you know, the really, really bad Matthew Stafford that turns the ball over and throws pick sixes. Uh, that just can't happen in a Super Bowl game. And, and I mentioned uh, we are 5-5 five and five in games where we commit two or more turnovers. Bengals are 0-5 in games where that happens this year. So they've done it half as much as us. But if we can force turnovers, uh, this is a team that takes care of the ball well. And the numbers show you when... They don't, they lose, as do we. But uh, we've got five wins in games. We're going to two of our turnovers, including one in these playoffs. So it's kind of similar. Like, I guess we can win games if we turn the ball over, just like they can win games where they get sacked a bunch. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, I'd... Two things I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about. First of all, maybe the best kicking matchup in Super Bowl history. Two just fucking dynamite kickers going head to head. Yeah, uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong, uh, Evan. Mc... Blah. Let me let me Evan try McPherson. that again. Evan, Evan Mc versus Matt Gay. Uh, you know, both of these guys are really, really talented kickers. Uh, happy to see that Matt Gay is getting the props he deserves. Uh, you know, uh, there's not enough that could be said about these. I mean, these are two two guys that you would happily call upon should a game-winning field goal be asked of them. You know, these these two guys are are among the best in in the NFL. And, and actually, I kind of I kind of feel for Evan McPherson because he's in you know, in the same conference as Justin Tucker. So he almost <laughs> never gets the love he deserves. <laughs> he never it, will. He's really... a rookie, but Tucker's not going anywhere for a bit. Yeah. I mean, just, just Justin Tucker, man, he, he'll, he'll always be, he, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is a, a, a good, a good friend of mine. I was talking to him about, uh, 
uh, about Justin Tucker the other day. I know that we're not focusing on him, but I, I have to bring this up because it was just so funny to me. And, uh, you know, just appreciating what this guy has done as a kicker in the NFL. And nicknamed him Legacy. And I'm like, <laughs> that's that's fucking brilliant, man. That <laughs> That's his nickname. I'm going to forever know him as Legacy now. Legacy. He's only 32. He's got he's got years left. Uh, he's not going anywhere. Oh hell yeah. Um, unfortunately for us, uh, Tucker last uh, Duck Tucker was a rookie in 2012, right, and won the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Evan McPherson hasn't missed a field goal in the playoffs. He's due. He's due. He's gonna miss one. Um. We hit the line earlier, right? Uh, four or five, 4.5 point favorite. I don't remember yeah. if I said this before. Uh, underdogs have won. It's even in the last 20 Super Bowls. It's 10 wins for the favorites, 10 wins for the underdogs. Um, teams that were double-digit favorites are 0-2. We were one of those, uh, as was the team that beat us years later. Um, so the Rams are 4.5 point favorites and unfortunately johnny teams with four or like favorites of four or more points have lost the last four times uh the most recent win for a team that was a four point favorite or more was 2008 and it was the steelers and the cardinals right um which i I don't really believe in these omens but that kind of that one kind of freaked me out Nah, I don't. I don't read too much into that. <laughs> you know, I, I try not to look into those kinds of things. I mean, uh, look at the look at the record that Sean McVay had. You know, earlier in the season, he was what like forty something ridiculous, like forty five and yeah, that's a good point. Uh, you know, for uh, winning games that when leading at halftime, you know, those kinds of things will break from time to time and. Uh, not that it's an overwhelming stat in the first place anyway, but uh, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's try not to look into that. If this will make people feel better or worse, I'll name the teams. The Eagles were four and a half point dogs against the Patriots in 2017. The Broncos with our boy Von Miller were four and a half point dogs against the Panthers in 2015. The Ravens, aforementioned Ravens in 2012 were four point dogs against the 49ers in 2012 and uh bomb ass Sean Payton Saints were four point underdogs against the Colts in 2009 uh the all Ce- I heard was Fawn Miller and Super Bowl and that's that's, <laughs> that's all I need to hear the Steelers were six and a half point favorites against the Cardinals um that year and they didn't cover the spread but they won the game um I guess really the last like big thing we didn't talk about is I don't really have much to say on it, but we can't not talk about Sean McVay playing his son that's older than him, Zach Taylor, in the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> Zach Taylor getting to the Super Bowl in what is third or fourth year uh, is truly, truly just a fucking shock to me that <laughs> he figured it out. Uh Obviously, they drafted really well, and that's part of it. But, you know, really bad coaches don't make it to the Super Bowl. So he's, at worst, a decent coach. Uh, And he's going to be coaching the team for quite a bit unless they win three games next year. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I was one of the many people that just did not believe in Zach Taylor as a head coach. You know, did I think there could be potential of him being a good coach at some point? Yes. But to seeing him escalate so quickly, um, you know, just basically coming under the uh, uh, Sean McVay head coaching tree, you know, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Uh, I mean, the Rams looks like they're going to lose uh, Kevin O'Connell as well. Uh, but it, it's, it's kind of interesting seeing that happen. Uh, I, I do think that he did benefit from uh, having a, a talented scout team and general manager uh, bringing in some of these players, even, even though, you know, uh, hard to believe it at this point, but the Jamar Chase selection was such a controversial one in, in the draft because clearly the Bengals need help on the offensive line, which hasn't changed. But, uh, I mean, hard to argue considering that Jamar Chase is a big reason why the Bengals are are there in the first place. So, um, you know, I, again, like you said, terrible coaches don't make the Super Bowl. You know, I, it's, it's undeniable that Zach Taylor is at least decent and uh, – and I, I think he's a little bit above that at this point. You know, you got to give him props. Um, and uh, I, I do think that in the end, Sean McVay is the better coach. But uh, as we've seen and criticized Sean McVay for pretty much all season long, uh, you know, hopefully we get the, you know, better Sean McVay, you know, not the conservative Sean McVay that just pisses you off. <laughs> or the challenging some of the most blatantly correct calls uh as we saw last week um yeah man it's it is kind of funny that like you know that jamar chase pick wasn't a universally liked pick um that team a had a breakout receiver in t higgins had a good receiver behind him and tyler boyd and still went receiver to do that you clearly have to think that that guy is probably the best player in the draft um, considering three quarterbacks went at the top and then Kyle Pitts, they, they had pretty much their pick of anyone that they wanted besides Kyle Pitts. Cause they weren't taking a quarterback. Um, and they were right. <laughs> like clearly they were fucking right. This guy's, I don't think it's crazy to say that barring injury, he's going to be a hall of famer. Uh, you know, guys like that don't have that good of a year that often especially when there's another really good young receiver across from you. Uh, so they were right there. Uh, and I would imagine Zach Taylor had a lot of say in that pick if they're going receiver at five. Oh, yeah, he absolutely had a huge say in it. And, and I think he, you know, he discussed um, with Joe Burrow, like how, you know, how compatible those two are. And, and I, I'm sure he already knew, but probably conversed with him anyway. So, yeah, it, it was absolutely a, you know, in retrospect, a, a, a huge pick. And uh, admittedly, if I was part of the uh, Cincinnati fan base, I probably would have been pissed off because the clear need at offensive line was absolutely there and still is. But again, uh, it, it was definitely different tactic. And, and hey, it worked. It got him there. 
And that's basically what you want at this point. And yeah, I'm sure somewhere down the line, the Bengals are going to address the offensive line, but uh, for this season, it's good enough to, uh, to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah. What else could you ask for? <laughs> now they're not going to have to address wide receiver for the next like four years. Uh, nope. If not longer, if they keep both these guys for a long time. Uh, yeah, clearly the right pick. Uh, both these teams took receivers in the draft and they didn't need it. And it only worked out for one of them, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> can't, Damn. I can't fuck it out myself. Man. Um, <laughs> I mean, matchup wise, is there, is there anything else? Like, it's just the game plan is so obvious for the Rams to win. And if they execute the two big points that they need to execute, I, I'm not going to, I obviously will be devastated. If they lose the game, but if they take care of the ball and they get pressure on Burrow and the Bengals still like win this game, like they still, even with getting pressure, they're able to make plays happen in the passing game. Uh, and they went in a shootout. Like it, it, sadly it is what it is, but, um, I, I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't be like I'd be able to live with that. Uh, I don't. I'd be really upset if we lose because Matthew Stafford throws two pick sixes. Well, uh, basically, one or two things is gonna happen this Sunday. One, I'm gonna get a bunch of phone calls and text messages congratulating me like I just had uh, had a newborn baby. And number two is I'm going to get texts and phone calls making fun of me and basically ripping me a new <laughs> one because the Rams didn't win. And, and trust me, I got, I got both of those. Uh, when, when the Rams ended up losing in the Super Bowl. holy crap. Some, some, some of my friends and family did not hold back and man, it hurt. It hurt a lot. And then some, some people were like, are you okay? Uh, <laughs> blink, blink. Can can you verify? Send me a video that you're that you're not going to harm yourself. Okay, that that joke. But you, <laughs> nah, but, I, I uh, hear you. And I I feel like a lot of people, including you, probably can relate to this. But I'm the only Rams fan anyone I know knows. Um, I'm sure plenty and most people who are in LA and listen to this podcast probably have the same issue. Uh, so I I'll get texts from like people I'm not even that good of friends with anymore. Like guys I haven't talked to in years, just like, wow, Rams, like congrats, man. Like you must be stoked. Uh, or the opposite, just like, sorry, man. Like that sucks. It's just like from people I don't even talk to that much. So it's, um, it's a gifted a curse, I guess. Um, but I, I'll ask you this before I do predictions. If the Rams don't win this game, like, do you, are you going to consider this season a, a failure? I think you have to. I, I really do because when you look towards the future, it, it's not very promising. Uh, there, there's an awful lot that the Rams are going to have to decide moving forward next year. And uh, again, the draft capital is no longer there. Not that it's ever really been there for like, nearly a decade. Um, so you, I think your best shot at winning a Super Bowl is this year. And, and obviously they're here. And then to lose to the Bengals, which again, not, not that the Bengals are not a good team or anything like that, but the Rams have a much better shot at beating the Bengals than like say facing the Kansas City Chiefs. And you could almost accept losing to the Chiefs, 
But to lose to the Bengals is kind of a tough pill to swallow, especially since you're right there. So, yeah, I, I would say it's a bust of a year if they lose. And, you like, it's a good point with the Bengals. Like, A, you couldn't ask for a better path in the playoffs than what we got. And, B, um, even with the Bengals, like, this is a team that we traded all our draft picks and built this team around stars and kind of mortgaged our future to an extent to make it happen. The Bengals didn't just fucking drafted players and are here. Like they didn't make any big acquisitions. Uh, they made a bunch of draft picks and they all turned out. Uh, and that's how they got here. To me, I, I, I would say I don't, wouldn't consider this season a failure if they lose. Uh, it's a very tough pill to swallow. Like, a pill that's way too big to be in a bottle of pills and you shouldn't be swallowing it. But like, it's really fucking hard to get to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. And had the Rams not made the moves they made, they wouldn't have even sniffed it. And so they got here. Um, I wouldn't say the season was a success either if they don't win, but I don't like, I don't regret. I wouldn't say we should regret any moves we made if we lose this week um but it will be tough and they still i know they have a lot of players up in free agency but the core of this team like the true core is all back next year and i don't i wouldn't say like this is not a one and done here like theoretically this team should be a contender next season regardless of the outcome of this game that being said i will be fucking crushed and i just hope they win and i guess my official prediction which i might be able to make a couple more times this week I uh, is thirty to twenty four. The Rams take it home, bring home their first Super Bowl trophy to Los Angeles. That's uh that's pretty fair. I'm gonna say thirty one twenty one Rams. I think that the Rams, um, you know, it's gonna be a pretty close game for three quarters, and the Rams, you know, just kind of start taking it away in the fourth. Um, couple turnovers by Burrow. Uh, you know, especially in the fourth quarter, Aaron Donald, you know, getting to him, getting a couple fumbles. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be uh it's gonna be a fun game either way. How uh how bummed do you think casual fans are gonna be if this game has a, is similar to <laughs> the last time the Rams played in the Super Bowl? Even if the Rams win, like, but like just like a ten to three victory. <laughs> Uh, well, if they're casual fans, they'll they'll probably start, you know, rooting for for the Chiefs again, or or uh, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll go they'll go elsewhere, and you know, they they weren't strong fans to begin with. I, I think the real fans, the the diehard Ram fans, they're they're going to be just absolutely crushed, and I know I will be one of them. But Steve, before we go. I, I kind of wanted to bring this topic up because I, I just think it's hilarious. And I, I know it has really no bearing on this game whatsoever. And in a way, it kind of helped out the Rams. But it was just so funny. How bummed do you think Deshaun Jackson is? <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it out there. That was a great way I, to I end mean, the pod. <laughs> I'm just I I'm genuinely curious how bummed this guy must be because he could have been on a Super Bowl caliber team and opted to go out because it was me not we and 
<laughs> he ended up going to the Raiders where he had basically similar stats. And the worst part is we could have fucking used him, man. We really could have used him. He would have played. And you know what? I'm not even mad because if he doesn't leave, I'm not sure the Rams go after Odell Beckham. Yeah, I feel like like a part of me just feels like um, regardless of what happened with Jackson that week, he was going to get cut and they were going to sign Odell. Like that still would have happened. I don't know. Just a part of me feels like like if Odell wanted to come here, they would have just cut Deshaun Jackson anyways. Uh, that, but man, it just it I it just blows my mind that he just like wanted out of this team and and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> I did not see that coming. Yeah, man, and he he was a part of it. He lost the Bengals, so he was a part of the journey. He's probably pulling for the Bengals. Oh. That 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 actually kind of hurt a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for listening. If you're, definitely, if you're still listening, this is a long one. Um, Derek should be back tomorrow. Hopefully, he has been sick, but uh, he's 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 fine. Like he'll be back. Uh, not sick to worry about him. <laughs> um, I don't want to scare anybody. But uh, yeah, you guys know. Keep an eye out on the feed. There's gonna be a couple more shows this week, uh, and. We got hey, we got to make up for the lack of shows last week. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Supervero, at Johnny Five Six, at Talk Rams, and we'll talk to you guys soon. How how would you evaluate your season? Uh, I think we ain't done yet. You, but you personally, I think we ain't done yet.